morning. I am excited. How many of you are excited today? All right. Hey, that's pretty good. You know what? Uh, right up, uh, right up near Christmas and Easter. These are just two of the, my favorite times of year. I love the two Sundays that we get to do Portico Global Missions Emphasis, and so we are just excited to be able to welcome you here today, and uh, we also get to welcome some others who are joining us as well. Of course, we have our our chapel venue that's happening in the building, and so welcome to the chapel this morning, and uh, also the video cafe that's going on in the gym right now, and our Portico Online Campus is uh, this service that we stream and broadcast, so we want to welcome all of you who are watching online. And uh, then we're also going to uh, welcome Portico Milton. Portico Milton is our regional site that happens over in Milton at Milton Christian School. And so I wonder if you could just kind of give a loud shout out to everybody who's joining us right now by video stream. And uh, go ahead right now on three. One, two, three. All right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Well, again, as I mentioned, these are exciting Sundays. We talk a lot around here about our three core values, connect, grow, and serve. And Portico Global Missions is all about serving Christ's mission in the world. And it's a part of how we are able to go into all the world and preach the gospel. All of us can go. I believe that. You can go into your neighborhoods and into your marketplace, the places where you work and the places where you interact with with the message, the gospel of Jesus. That's who we are as, as followers of Christ. And so we have this opportunity to do that. We can go into our into our Judea and our Samaria, but only some of us will physically go to the uttermost parts of the earth that Jesus talked about. Although, I believe that all of you should consider going at some point to an overseas location in order to have a missions experience so that you can have the Holy Spirit work in your heart in that way. Just a short little commercial for short-term missions, and uh, there's details in your bulletin about those trips that are going this year. I believe everybody should have that experience. Portico Global Missions gives each of us, though, the opportunity to go through our prayers and through our sacrificial giving to global missions. And so today, we want you to be challenged. We want you to to be challenged by what you're going to hear, challenged to pray, to give, and to go. Because I believe it's in services like this that the Holy Spirit taps people on the shoulder and says, you know what, I have a greater purpose for your life. I have something more that I want you to do with your career and your vocation. And so Be open to the Holy Spirit as you listen today, and I want to challenge you to do that. Today we have some very special guests with us, and we're going to uh, have them come to the stage in just a little while. But let me tell you a little bit about our guests today. Sergio and Nancy Bersaglio are with us today, and uh, they come to us from the Villages of Hope on the continent of Africa. And uh, they have been doing this, giving leadership to Africa's Villages of Hope since 1999, and they're, they're... very, very involved in providing care to, uh, to orphan children and so on. Let me tell you a little bit about how they got started in this. You know, I said that, uh, that the Holy Spirit uses all kinds of ways to tap us on the shoulders. Uh, some, you know, go and, and decide they're going to do a short-term missions experience. Uh, Sergio and Nancy, they just decided to go on vacation one year and visit their friends who lived in Africa. Their, their friends were are, are, I think still are, right? Murray and Cindy Cornelius. And uh, they went on a vacation, and that began now a, what, 17-year journey of work in missions. And so they are serving in the Villages of Hope and uh, currently providing care to orphan and vulnerable children in eight different African locations, Burundi, Kenya, Malawi, Tanzania, three Villages of Hope in the country of Zambia, and also Zimbabwe. And, and Villages of Hope 
They bring hope for today, tomorrow, and eternity. I love that little phrase. By providing education, health care, health care, feeding programs, and, uh, and sometimes even when necessary, they provide housing as well for these orphan children who are in need. And everything that they do at the center of all that they are involved in is the heart of the gospel message. They, in their way, as they reach out to these kids, they're helping people find their way back to God, the way that we talk about here at Portico all the time. Their main responsibilities include providing training and support for the leadership at each of the different locations and ensuring that best practices are being followed and so that you know all of the children are receiving the best possible care working very closely with the national leadership. They work to develop strong Christian leaders at each Village of Hope location to ensure that the ministry is sustainable and well-managed and that all children are loved and cared for. You're going to hear some great stories about what God is doing through the lives of some of these kids and how they're going on to further their education and to have impacts far beyond even the, the continent of Africa. And I know that you're going to be challenged today. So whether you're here in this room or if you're in our one of our venues over in Milton, can you you please put your hands together and welcome with me to the Portico stage, Sergio and Nancy Borsaglio. Thanks very much, Pastor Jeff and uh, Pastor Doug. Thanks for having us here today. Hi, Milton Campus. Thanks for joining us. It's just a real privilege to, to be here at Portico this morning. Uh, one thing I, I noticed in the first service, you kept referring to Pastor Duane. I was confused. Pastor Duane, Pastor Duane. And then I realized, that's Uncle Melody. Nobody at Village of Hope knows who Pastor Duane is at all, but he's been there many, many times, and all the kids call him Uncle Melody. And they, <laughs> they love Duane. They love the way he comes, the songs he teaches them. And I promise you, there's one song in particular, something about making Melody I'm not going to try it because the actions get quite involved, but maybe sometime you just want to give it a try and uh, make sure it's Uncle Melody that that leads you in that. So (laughs) he's a great guy. Um, Thank you uh, again for having us. I just want to talk a bit more about some of the, not the programs, I want to talk about the lives. Um, This is what it's all about. Um, We're just so thankful for the privilege of of being a small part of what's going on in these kids' lives. There's a huge team of people involved, both in Canada, praying, supporting, and uh, in the various countries in Africa. Uh, We feel very blessed, and um, it really is a privilege just to talk just a little bit about some of these some of these kids. You saw the feeding program that we run at the schools, and that's a really big part of what we do. We were finding kids couldn't even stay awake in class. They came so hungry early on. We realized, well, first they have to actually have something in their stomach. But I want you to know that it actually starts younger than that. In many cases, we we come across malnourished babies, severely malnourished. Uh, You can see little Bruce there. That's the same guy. He came at the age of two and a half. He couldn't walk he could only eat uh, with a feeding tube. He had very bad TB. Uh, he stayed through the feeding program. It's a, it's a six-month minimum program where we bring the baby up to full health. At the same time, we work with the mom. And so teach the mom about nutrition, teach the mom how to take care of the child, but not just teach them and then say, way you go. Uh, we, we do small microenterprise loans so that those moms are able, or the grandmoms, or the auntie, or whoever it is, they're able to go ahead and provide for their, their baby. Um, 
when they're released from the program. And as you can see, this picture was just taken this past Monday, and there he is. He's going to be five years old next month. He's doing extremely well. He's healthy. Um, amen. That's right. We're just so thrilled. And there he is, quite, quite pleased with his, his outfit there, I think. And there's his mom. Uh, his mom... Just, you'll just have to take my word for it. If you saw a picture of me, you'd think, man, what's her problem? I kind of usually look like that too, just like the deer in the headlights. But his mom is actually very happy, very thankful, and just happy that she's able to provide for Bruce. Uh, we, we provide shelter. As Pastor Jeff said, sometimes there just isn't a safe place. If there is, better we support the families that are willing to look after these kids. Because please understand, it's not that people aren't, are unwilling or uncaring it's just they're dealing with so much in their own families. You'd be hard-pressed to find a home that wasn't looking after many orphans as well as their own kids. With, you know, and they're doing that in the context of extreme poverty. Sometimes there just simply isn't anybody, in which case uh, we work with social welfare so we know who those kids are and, and we provide for them. So what's really exciting after 17 years is some of these ones that came in this size, like Bruce, are just a bit bigger They've now come through, and, and they're now back out living in the community where they came from, but they're out there different. They've, they've met Jesus, and uh, they're different people, and we just are so thankful for that. Just wanted to introduce you to just a couple of them. Um, and also, I don't want to say most importantly, but, but what's really cool is to introduce you to some of the first Villages of Hope grandchildren. So these, these young people have found husbands in Gosa, was orphaned. Um, she was left with nowhere to stay. She came to the Village of a Hope. She grew up there. She graduated. She's got her degree in social welfare now. And she met Peter, who's a teacher. I said Peter. I don't know. Someone must have made that wrong. It must be Peter, not Joseph. But <laughs> she married Joseph, and they've got two Two young, grand, two young kids there, which are our grandkids, and they're involved in church, and Ghost is on the worship team, and we just really rejoice whenever we hear these stories. And the thing we love is they stay connected. Fatuma, she, she lost both of her parents uh, to, to AIDS when she was very young. Her and her sister came to live at one of the villages. Um, there was a short period of time when she had an auntie come and say, do you know what, we want to look after Fatuma. And Fatuma was really excited. She thought, there is somebody. Uh, sadly, she went to that home, and it was really the uncle's idea to have her there, and not for good reasons. And uh, she actually had to escape in the middle of the night. She spent the night sleeping in a pit toilet and ended up back at the Village of Hope, where she completed her graduation. She's a teacher. Her husband, Churchill, pastors a church, so they pastor that church together, and uh, they're raising two young girls in the same type of Christian home that Fatuma was brought up at Village of Hope. And Samuel, I remember the time when I went with one of the local pastors to to visit Samuel in his home. He, he lost both his parents again. Uh, he had an uncle that took him in, and what they did was they lived in Sam's parents' home. This uncle came there, and, and Samuel was part of the package. wasn't long later Sam came home from school to find a little plastic bag on the front porch, and the door locked. And uh, he banged on the door, and there was a stranger opened. And uh, the stranger said, well, who are you? And he says, well, this is my house. And he said, well, no. Your uncle sold us this house. He's gone, and so you're going to have to go too. So Sam had nowhere to go. An old lady in the community 
he just went to her. She'd always been kind to him. Uh, she, he spent a couple nights there. She couldn't keep him. She contacted Village of Hope. And as I said, we went together and, and picked up Samuel, brought him to Village of Hope in Kitway. And the thing I'll never forget is, along with that little plastic bag of his clothes, as we were leaving, the old lady came, said, wait, wait. And she came, went to her back room, came out again, and she had a blanket. I'm sure it was her blanket, her only blanket. And said, Sammy, go with this. You know, she loved Sam. She just couldn't provide but God provided a place for him. He's now the administrator at the village in Chongwe. He finished business school, and uh, he and his wife, again, are very involved in the church. I'd like to share a couple of testimonies of kids that have come through our education program. Um, Today we provide free education to over 3,000 children in the various locations, and we know that Education is vital. If you talk about bringing hope for tomorrow, education is a big component of that. The first story I'd like to share with you is uh, the story of Pamela. Pamela came to live at the Village of Hope in, in Zimbabwe when she was eight years old, her and her brother Jeffrey. Um, it was through Murray and Cindy Cornelius, uh, their connection with the family when the mom and dad passed away were instrumental in helping Pamela and Jeffrey settle at the Village of Hope. I know that Pamela also has a special spot in Dwayne's heart. Uh, He was there in the early days when she moved into the village when Dwayne was visiting Zimbabwe. And, you know, we've been watching Pamela over the years grow into this lovely young lady. She uh, graduated from high school and then entered into an accounting program at the local university. Um, She's now interning at a insurance company in Harare. It was my pleasure to connect up with uh, Pamela a little while ago to celebrate her 21st birthday. That's the, the picture you see on the slide. Uh, she had just gotten off work and connected with uh, Pastor Zoa and his family and myself in Harare, and we had the opportunity to surprise her with this, with this cake. But, you know, Pamela has a real heart for Village of Hope, She knows and appreciates the work that uh, went into caring for her and her brother. So whenever she can now, during school break, she'll come to the village and work in the office and help in any way that she can. She really believes in the ministry, and she's just a great ambassador for the work of Village of Hope in Zimbabwe. Uh, Joseph is a, a great story coming out of the Village of Hope in Kitwe, Zambia. Uh, Joseph grew up with his sister Matilda in a very remote rural village outside of Kitwe, Zambia, a place where there was no running water, no electricity, no communication. Um, His parents had passed away, and and he was left with uh, his sister and cousin being cared for by an elderly grandfather who just didn't have the means to really care and provide for the three children. So through some connections, we were able to bring him to live at the Village of Hope in Kitwe, where Joseph uh, graduated uh, f- through our, sc- our school there from high school. Um, we-, we saw very early on uh, how bright Joseph was and, and that he had a real promising future. Uh, after graduating, he applied for a scholarship at the local university, uh, received a full scholarship, uh, graduated from... Uh, the, the program there, he got a degree in mathematics and science. So just after graduating, uh, the Chinese government came and, and had a competition for uh, language proficiency. 
if Joseph didn't enter that and win it, and the prize was a free trip to Beijing to represent Zambia at the ceremonies. There you can see the picture. That's, that's Joseph in Beijing, China, coming out of a little rural village in, in, in Zambia. After that, um, I guess he, he impressed the people in Beijing so much that they connected him with a university there where he's received a full scholarship again to get his master's degree in mathematics. So that's where Joseph is living today. Yeah, it's just a wonderful testimony to see what God can do in the lives of these kids. Uh, the, you saw in the video the Kachimfia program, which is a youth empowerment program. And the goal is to educate, equip, and empower youth uh, with career development, life skills, the arts. And we have over 200 uh, young people in the program today in Kitwe. They attend classes. Uh, the, 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 the great thing about that program is that most of the instructors are volunteers. They are business people. They are educators. They are people who have received benefit of one way or another from various organizations that care for orphans and vulnerable children. So they give of their time and come and help uh, teach the programs uh, up in Kitwe. Now, um, one great story just recently that came out of that program was the story of James. James uh, grew, grew up in the community next to the village of Hope in Kitwe. He attended our school with his young brother. Um, he was living with an uncle, but the uncle really did not treat them well, didn't provide for them well. Um, so he was able to come into the village and enter into our, our school program there. After graduating from high school, he went straight into the youth empowerment program. And um, coming through that program, he was able to secure a job. I think you can see in this, do we have a slide of him at work? We don't have a slide of it, but I was talking to my friend, and she said that the first day he showed up at work, the boss called her and said, James showed up wearing a bow tie, and he looks really good. So he was very excited. So one of the things that's part of the Youth Empowerment Program is uh, UNICEF has sponsored some online courses for orphans and vulnerable kids. So um, James was able to graduate from some of the courses and received the certificate from from the United Nations, and that was something that really helped him secure that job uh, that he has today. And with that job, he's able to support himself now and also his young brother who's still going through our school program. One of the other things we touched on just briefly in the video was health care. As you can imagine, there's all kinds of uh, things that that uh, these kids are dealing with. The malaria is one of them, obviously, TB, all kinds of things. Um, this little girl here, she's, she is actually HIV positive. She tested HIV positive when she came. She was living with her widowed grandmother. Uh, her dad was mentally challenged in some way. That he, he wasn't able to be involved in the family at all. And the mother is also terminally ill. So she was having a pretty rough time. She was not doing well physically, emotionally. Social welfare got in touch with us and said, uh, if you have a spot for, for Cassandra, we really feel that she would do well if she came into one of your homes and started attending school. So she did. Um, I'm happy to report she's on ARVs. She's responding extremely well. It's not like it used to be. We, get, we can get young kids on ARVs, and, and uh, they, can, they go on to... to 
live good lives, healthy lives. So this is what we're doing, that together with nutrition and just a whole lot of prayer. We're believing that Cassandra is going to grow up to be a godly young woman, and uh, we're going to be able to celebrate the things in her life. If you think of her, please remember to pray for her as well. And there's many others like this. Um, they, they, they really, uh, against all odds, are, we're just so so excited to be a part of what's going on in their lives and see what God's able to do for them. And, you know, Cassandra's sponsor just came in December. That was a huge highlight for her. She had been in the hospital. She'd not been feeling well, and she got out only to find her sponsor there visiting. So let me just let you know, I'm sure many of you are sponsoring children already. I want you to know that's, that's a real relationship for these kids. They, they just are so thankful that someone that they've never met that they may never meet is doing something, is caring for them for so far away. The kids pray for their sponsors, love writing their sponsors. That's not a task. That's something they love. Um, So I want you to know you're making a big difference in the lives of any of the children you are sponsoring. Thank you for what you're doing. If you're interested in sponsoring and and you haven't, maybe just come see us at the table. We do have some profiles of some kids uh, that are still looking for sponsors. So like I said, we currently touch about 3,000 lives in, in the various locations where the Village of Hope is working. We have about 400 of those children that are actually living at the villages, providing them a loving and safe, secure home. But, you know, education, nutrition, health care for these broken lives is not enough. They, they need the love of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's where our discipleship programs come. And we really have a strong emphasis on discipleship. All our children's homes, uh, the mothers do home devotions with the kids every day. All our schools have a chapel service weekly so that the kids uh, grow up exposed to the gospel message. Uh, It doesn't take long when you're walking around one of the villages to hear kids just singing and praising God as they play. It's it's really uh, encouraging to us to see that, that. Children who've come out of abusive situations, children who've been abandoned, uh, neglected, able to come to a place where they know the love of Jesus Christ is shining and and just the life that that brings into them. Uh, A little while ago, I started to do some some work with a a group of young people uh, at the Village of Hope in in Chongwe. You can see the group there. Uh, I've really been... God really put it on me to really start to focus a lot on the area of discipleship and making followers of Jesus Christ. So I started uh, last July discipling this group, and I work with uh, Mother Agnes. She's part of the group as well, and the head teacher, Blanchard. And we meet with these kids. There's, a, there's eight kids, and we meet with them weekly. And the principle that I, I'm using is, is that of, of what Philip said to Nathaniel. When, when Jesus called Philip to follow him, Philip just got up and followed him. And shortly after, he goes to his friend Nathaniel and says, Come, I have found the one that Moses and the prophet wrote about. And, and I just thought about that, you know, and it really got impressed that very simple verse in my heart. And I thought, you know, how important it is to, gr- to get our children grounded in the word of God. And, and, and not only just in the gospel, yeah, not, not just the gospel, but understanding what, who the Messiah is. So that when he comes along and speaks into their lives, like Philip, 
they can respond by saying, yes, I will follow you. I just want to share a couple of stories here of, of, of two of the kids that I've been working with since last year. The first one is Evelyn. Um, she's, uh, she lost both her parents. She lives in Chongwe. She doesn't live at the village. She lives in the community, um, stays with her grandmother. Evelyn does not have a brother. She does not have a sister. Both her mother and father are gone. It's just her and her grandmother. And, and she'll, you know, she'll tell you that you know, th- there were some very lonely times, especially when your grandmother had to go off to the market and work, and she'd be home alone. And it, it was a very difficult time for her. And then she came into the uh, village of Hope in Chongwe, uh, started attending our school, and she found that so encouraging to, to be amongst other kids and, and to see that somebody cared enough to, to give her an education and a meal every day. But she was looking for more. And uh, so she became a member of our discipleship group last July. And I'll tell you, Evelyn is so inquisitive. She, she just, we, we do a lot of questions and a lot of dialogue. It's, 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 it's very interactive um, whenever I ask a question, Evelyn will be the first to put up her hand. She'll, she'll, she'll give any question a try. She's not afraid of giving the wrong answer. Um, but she, you could tell by her questions. And I tell the kids, you know, it's not the answers to the questions that matter. I say, I can tell a lot about you by the questions that you ask. And Evelyn asks a lot of questions about God. Uh, she recently asked me if God gets old. Is he aging? And what's going to happen when he becomes a senior? You know, those, those kinds of questions. She's very, she really wants to know about his creation. We, we do a lot of our, our studying and our work outside. We go on walks and we look at the, God's creation and, and we use God's creation as a teaching tool for the kids. Um, but but it's, just, it's, it's just been great to watch Evelyn grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Um, if, you, if you come to the village of Hope in Chongwe today, the all 500 kids that attend the school know the first greatest commandment. They, and they will say, you know, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then I just say the simple words. And Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and they know that. And they're, they're learning that God is, is not one to be feared, one to, one to be worried that, oh, he's going to punish us instantly when we sin. They're, they're, they're finding a God, a Father, who is a Father of love. And, and that's their focal point. We even talk now that it's not about going to heaven anymore. It's about going home to be with the Father. And, and that's, the, the, that's the goal for them. Mwaka is a 15-year-old girl. Her mother died um, when she was quite young. Her father remarried um, and actually married a, a very nice lady. And she became Mwaka's stepmother. Um, actually loved Mwaka. Mwaka will tell you that she treated her very well. But Mwaka will say that she was so angry about losing her mother that she couldn't receive that love from her stepmother. And um, made life very difficult for the stepmother. And then when uh, her father eventually passed away and the stepmother passed away, Mwaka was left in a very dark place with a lot of guilt because she knew how she had treated the stepmother who had loved her. Um, so social welfare brought Mwaka to us. She lives at the village of Hope in Chongwe. Um, again, Mwaka last year became part of the discipleship group. And just, um, I'm just watching 
the word of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and, and her focus on God the Father just transformed this young girl's life. She, she, um, she recently wrote um, to me, she said, you know, some people wonder how I can believe in a God when I can't see him. And she says, the answer is faith. That's what she tells them. She says, faith is a gift from God. And she goes on to say that looking at what God has made around her and what he is doing in her life makes her believe all the more. So this once angry girl now speaks of peace that she receives from Jesus Christ. A girl who lost her mother, father, and loving stepmother now says, I can be best friends with God and I can be part of his family because of Jesus Christ. You see, the, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it, and the darkness will not overcome the work that Jesus Christ is doing in the lives of these kids. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you.